This show is part of the Pika Science Podcast, studying the intersection of video games and science. Bum, 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 Welcome back to Lila's Lessons. Uh, this is a lovely Mother's Day, and I am Madison, and this time I actually remember that I am joined with... Me. Who's me? Me! Lila, and this is Lila's Lessons. About, today we're going to be talking about arachnids, and I don't know much about arachnids besides I the do. fact that they are furry, scary, and I should avoid them at all costs. So what are arachnids? Um... They they're invertebrates, which means that they do not have a backbone. They have an exoskeleton instead. Not all invertebrates have an exoskeleton, but arachnids do. And they have eight legs. They have two body parts, and that's really all that makes them arachnids. They have eight legs? Do you think that they have eight pairs of shoes? I think they don't wear shoes because they're not humans. Well, maybe someone should invent that. Hashtag spider shoes. What about scorpions and ticks? Okay, hashtag arachna shoes. What about daddy long legs? Arachna shoes. <laughs> All right, so if you can tell, we are actually for the first time since episode one recording in the same room. Uh, it's been a crazy Mother's Day morning for us. Haley would not eat eggs. That, that's it. That's the whole reason. It's not the whole reason, but uh, we're doing great. So we're ready to talk about this. So let's talk about arachnids, though. What are the kinds of arachnids? I know there's a ton, but we're going to look at like like five of them, maybe? There are spiders. There are 40,000 species, and they're found all over the world, even Antarctica. I think you mean the Arctic. I don't think any of them live in Antarctica, but they do live in the Arctic. They produce silk, which is what their webs are made of. You don't know. Almost... All of them make venom that they can inject only, but only 200 are harmful to a human. And all spiders have venom, but there's not many that can harm us. So in reality, out of like 40,000 some species, and if only 200 are really a risk to us, that is less than 1% of all spiders that are actually a threat. So realistically, if you find a spider, you are more than likely safe from it and should just try to move it. And it probably does have venom, but it doesn't affect you. Yeah, it's not just going to go up and bite you, even if it did have venom. Now, we also have another one, my favorite. They got those long legs. Scorpions? Data long legs. What do we know about them? Um, are 6,000 species of daddy long legs. They're known for walking on the ground and... They're different from spiders because they don't make silk. They don't make silk. They can't spin webs. I heard that some of them are even omnivores and eat things like fungi. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And also, they're mostly nocturnal, right? Yeah, mostly, but that'd be like saying, like, cats are nocturnal, but they're not. I thought cats were, what is it called? Is it diurnal? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're nocturnal. They're not nocturnal. Okay, well, next up, we have scorpions. Now, what are scorpions? There are 2,000 species of scorpions. They're recognizable with a tail with six husbands. They use their pincers to catch prey. They're nocturnal and hide under rocks in holes. They produce live young who live in the, on the mother's back. I can empathize with that pain. You can? Does your sister not treat me like a jungle gym? No, she doesn't. 
Because you're not a jungle gym. Oh, just a climber. My apologies. Um, their venom paralyzes prey, and only a few, like spiders, are harmful to humans. I know you haven't gotten to see them up close, but I've gotten to see them up close when I was out west visiting my friend. And I gotta say, like, they really do like to just hide. They're not like spiders just wandering around your house that in the middle of the day. They like, they like hide. We got to see them on our zoo field trip. We got to see one. Cool. All right. So we have two more we're going to talk about. Uh, the next two that we're going to group together. And then I have one last one we're going to talk about. And by one last one, I mean everything. Uh, so we want to talk about ticks and mites because we're going to discuss them in the episode. And what are those? Um, most, mo- most are small and less than one millimeter in size. They live in every habitat too, right? Like even aquatic ones. They're like everywhere. Like you can't escape ticks and mites. You, re- you really can't. Most of them are parasitic. So that means, for those who don't remember, that they live off of other organisms. And they're not, like, eating them. They're, like, consuming the nutrients of other organisms or letting other organisms do the work. And they just kind of get a free ride. And and because of that, they actually can transmute diseases. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, that said, there are other types of arachnids. You know, we have everything from... Camel spiders. We, camel spiders are terrifying. I know, I hate them. Uh, whip scorpions or, or vinegaroons, which are those uh, those ones. They look like a scorpion, but they have like that little whip tail. Uh, I like them. I think they're cool. I think they're cute. Uh, and then we have whip spiders, which if you've ever seen Harry Potter, I think it's the fourth one. They have a whip spider and he does... Yeah, it's the fourth one. They have a whip spider that he does like the spells on. Camel spiders, terrifying. Don't touch them. Don't go near them. Uh... Just just avoid them at all costs. And they're not as big as a camel. They just eat camels. I think they do. That's what I remember, but I could be wrong. And then also we have false scorpions, which are book scorpions. And that's because they look like scorpions, but they but don't not. actually have tails. So they're similar to scorpions, but they're not scorpions. So we're not going to really talk about those guys very much. Um, we'll probably mention the whipped scorpions, but that's about it. So can I ask you, why are we even talking about them? To save them. We want people to know that they don't have to be afraid of spiders and other arachnids. We also want people to know about the concerns around ticks. And it's a real big concern right now. So, that said, can we talk about Pokemon? Yes. Okay, so who are our Pokemon? Uh, the tick Pokemon is Joltik, and their spiders is Galvantula. Just just the Tarantula. So then we have Ariados, which is like either like a spitting spider, because it spits silk, or Weaver, to create large webs, or... Um, what's called, it, uh, there's a jumping spider that it kind of is similar to, and I'm not going to try to pronounce the name, but I guess it because it jumps. Finnerach is probably based on the lion happy face spider. Happy! It has a happy face on its abdomen. Also, there's the Joro spider, which is a Japanese spider that has the same coloration. And if you don't remember, Spinarak is actually introduced in Japan, which is because it's Johto. Like, it's actual real world Japan. So it kind of fits. There's also the Kidney Garden Spider, or the Pale Orb Weaver, which is an Asian spider. Um, and it has a sad face on it. It's not happy. And that's because Spinarak's, like, official art has sad faces. But in the anime, it always has a happy face on its body. So, uh, get in the comments here. Tell us which one you like better. The happy or sad Spinarak. Happy. Get in the comments. Happy. Get in the comments. comments. Huh? What's the comments? Leave us feedback on iTunes. Which one do you prefer? Happy or sad face Finnerack? Um, 
Dewpiner is probably a diving bell spider. And Araquanid, right? Same thing. They're both diving bell spiders. We've gotten to see those in Toledo. Those are really cool. They're cute. They're so cool. Toledo's Yu-Yo. If you get a chance to check it out, it's worth it. And we have one more set, right? Scorpion Scroopy. Which is clearly a scorpion because of the cute little body and stuff. <laughs> but like the arms also make you think of whip scorpions or vine grooms, maybe. I'm not really sure. And then we have Drapion, who's clearly a scorpion. He's just a big old angry scorpion. Angry scorpion. So we're going to talk about adaptations, though. Like what would help these Pokemon survive? Joltik can create its own electricity so it steals from other Pokemon. Because it's a parasite like a tick. Yes, Mom. They know that. Okay, what else does it do? Um, but also, like, wait, hold on, really quick. Why is that an adaptation? It's not always going to have be successful with eating and stuff. I think it's stealing electricity is such a great adaptation because it doesn't need to have the organs to create it itself. Meaning it's not actually expending energy to create electricity. It's just stealing it from everything else. So it actually uses less energy to get the same amount of uh, electricity that like a Pikachu might. What else does it do? It eats electricity from houses. And like, what a great adaptation. You're like, I need electricity. Well, where is their electricity? Well, a human house, they pollute everything. That's true too. But there's houses. And so what a great, easily reliable source of electricity. They also attach themselves to large Pokemon and absorb the static from their bodies, which again goes into the first two. Like They're parasitic. Which fits Joltik being a tick. And it's also great adaptations because it doesn't need to create the same amount of energy that Pikachu would. Which, it just steals it. Which makes it better because then it doesn't have to work as hard or use as much energy for getting onto prey for using its electricity. Yeah, and they even can store electricity in a pouch, right? Yeah. Aw, do you think it's like a cute little pouch with like like a zipper? No, I think it's more like a kangaroo. <laughs> Maybe. Also, it says that they stick to Yamper's butts. And they what? steal electricity from Yamper's butts. Why? Because Yamper butts! But also, like, it plays into the whole thing that ticks are attracted to dogs. All right, well, next one we got, we got some other cool dude. Who we got now? Galvantula. Tell us about him. Shoots electricity charge webs to strap prey. Which is awesome because it doesn't even need to get close to prey. No. It just kind of goes, Bleh! Yeah, but what, when the electricity electrocute it. Not if it can make it. can make it, but what if it eats it? Maybe it's insulated. Mom, it's not insulated. It's a tarantula. <laughs> also, its front mandibles apparently can hold down prey. Tarantulas are really strong. They are. I think of like the bird-eating tarantula. Like, those things are big and strong and beefy and muscular. Yes. They're the size of a dinner plate and actually sometimes eat birds. Yeah. It's crazy. Also, they do a couple other things. They immobilize their prey before they're attacking, which we've talked about before is a benefit. Because if the prey can't fight back, then you don't have to use your energy to fight. Well, and also, like, you run the risk of not getting injured. Like, you're not injured then if they can't fight back, which is great because it means you can hunt again later. Also, apparently, it launches its fur from its back. Like an actual tarantula and makes you itch. Yeah, except this one paralyzes foes. Huh, I think that's better than just making them itch. <laughs> I like the itching, though. It's funny. No, uh, tarantulas take their, and they shoot hairs from off of their back. I didn't know that. I don't think ours has ever done that. No, because she likes humans. Well, I think it's only certain species of tarantulas can do that, yeah. probably. Goliath bird eater can. And... Really? Yeah, it can. Don't get near that, kids. And it also packs venom. Don't get near it, kids. I mean, I don't think they No matter how cute it is. And it is cute. It is. It's just huge and has so many defense mechanisms. 
Also, they lay their traps near bird's nests, which I think is like the greatest adaptation because baby birds are like the most helpless animal in the world. And probably bite-sized for them. Yeah, and like what an easy food source. Just kind of like, hey, come on over. Uh, so we have another one. Who's up next? Spinarak. It can lie still for days waiting for prey, which is more efficient because if you don't have to search for it and it just comes to you, then also more prey will be attracted because they might actually be interested in eating you until you're alive. And apparently its web is so, like, it gives it such amazing sensory information. They consider it a second nervous system. I think that's an awesome adaptation that it can get such amazing, intricate information from its web itself that it almost acts as a secondary nervous system because that means not only does it have the sensory input from its body, but it has sensory input from its external surroundings, which I think that is a really great adaptation because it allows it to be aware of more things at once. Doesn't it make its web, though? It does. Also, its silk is weaved into nets by fishermen, so like it tells us how strong and powerful and water-resistant its nets are. Yeah. What a great adaptation, especially if you can get like fish, because there are fishing spiders, right? Yeah, they are. They also can, the silk from their, their mouth is so strong, it can hold heavy rocks, which tells us that they can eat. It tells us that they can eat bigger prey. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Like, it tells us they can take on bigger things. So then we have Ariados, which it spins m- silk from its mouth and its rear. What an odd adaptation, because that means it has to have silk-producing things both in its rear and its mouth. What if it, like, doesn't it, isn't it silk sticky? Yeah. Does it stick to its mouth? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't have one as a pet. Uh, apparently it doesn't make a single nest, but then it also says it does make a nest. I'm not really sure. Um, apparently it's nomadic, which that's a cool adaptation too, because it can just go find food when it needs it. Yeah. Its feet have hooked claws, which helps it climb better. Yeah. I think of little like Spider-Man, right? Those little hooked hairs on his, on his hand and yeah. he climbs up the walls with it. Uh, apparently attaches a string to its nest, though, to lead itself back, even though it doesn't have a nest. I'm not really sure. The Pokédex isn't sure either. It has a nest or it doesn't have a nest. Which one? It is Schrodinger's nest. It both has a nest and doesn't have a nest at the same time until one of them is declared. What? <laughs> has a nest now. It doesn't have a nest. <laughs> uh, apparently its webs are strong and sticky, which is great for trapping things, because once they're in there, they can't get out, right? It traps the prey and lets them go and follows the prey back to, like, their, like, friends and family and stuff. That's awful, but an awesome hunting technique. You're just like, all right, well, I'm going to catch this little guy, let it go, and then you follow it back to the home and you're like, now I have everyone I want to eat at once. It's kind of sad. It's, it's like, yes, who is super toxic. <laughs> uh, super toxic. Because it's a poison type. Ah! It's just, like, bad. I don't know if it's bad. It's a great hunting adaptation, though. Yeah, but I would I think that that's terrifying. Uh, p- apparently, people make clothes from its threads, which is also great because, you know, if it's really humans... strong. Well, but if humans find it useful, they're less likely to call- let that animal go extinct, too. Yeah. When humans find an animal useful, they're like, wait, 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 we got to keep this forever. Wait, wolves? We'll turn them into dogs. Polar bears? Oh, what do they do for us? Let's kill them all. I love polar bears. Okay, our next one is Dewpiter. 
goes on land to search for food. So it can get food from both the water and land, which is awesome. Also, it smashes its water bubble onto prey, which means it can drown its prey, and they're less likely to be able to fight back. Then we have Araquanid. It has a water bubble, and it lives in a colony. It also cares for Dewpiter like a mom, which is kind of weird. The cool thing about Araquanid living in colonies and caring for Dewpiters is that colonial animals actually are more likely to survive because they look out for each other. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Araquanid looks out for the Dewpiters means that the smaller and younger babies are more likely to actually survive to adulthood, meaning that the species is actually more likely to continue. You and I actually saw watched a video the other day about spiders that live in colonies. It was like a sapphire tarantula or something? Yeah, sapphire tarantula. It was really cool to see that they lived together and were working together uh, because, you know, that does ensure survival of the species. Maybe not the individual, but the species. And that's the key here with Darwinism. With Darwinism. Um, apparently it launches bubbles from its legs. Uh legs. I'm not sure how that works. But it seems like a cool adaptation because it can just like point at things and be like, bubble! Like a human with their hands. Yeah, it's like Iron Man shooting lasers out of his hands. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it also likes to store its prey after it subdues them in the water bubble on its body. That is just gross. Yeah, it's got like its food floating around its head. (laughs) But also like it's, then it has a snack. When it's hungry later, it's like, oh, well, here's the food. I got a snack right here. So now we got uh, Gorapi, which has a couple adaptations. What what do we got? It it has a tail and a, it has a tail claw. Which can? Inject venom. And? Pinch. Yeah, it can grab things. It's, it's essentially a third arm, right? Mm-hmm. Also. It can go a year without food. Which is good because? Like if you're a predator, like you're not always going to make a successful hunt. It's not just going to be like every single time. You're mostly going to fail. So if it can survive that long without food, it makes it. Because it doesn't have to hunt as often, and it can be more successful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next we have Drapion. It can pierce cars with its claws, and I think that's really, really strong, because cars? Yeah. Well, it can, it, can, it can rip Lightning McQueen right in half, yo, and just be like, no more Tomater for us. I don't know what either of those things are. I know, you don't like cars. That's fine. Its head can also rotate 180 degrees, which means it doesn't really have blind spots, which is great as a predator. You are able to scope out where all possible preys could be. It's behind you? Oh, okay, I'll just turn my head all the way behind me. It has a strong exoskeleton, which helps because if a predator is trying to eat it, it's less likely to get through the exoskeleton. It also prevents it from letting prey injure it, too. The stronger the exoskeleton, the less likely prey are going to hurt it, too. It has powerful poison. Which is great because you can subdue your prey. And subduing your prey is is a really great adaptation as a predator because you don't have the risk of being injured. Alright, so now we're at the closing part, the ending part of this episode. This is the important part. So, Lila, why are spiders important? Don't kill them! (gasps) Okay, so why? They keep mosquitoes intact, which protects us from viruses, and no one likes being bit by a mosquito. They eat pests that we don't want, like... Yeah, we put them in our garden so that they eat all the little aphids trying to come and get my my strawberries. Don't get my strawberries. I got my pet spider there. I wish Jacques could do that. Yeah, Jacques... Come on, you lazy tarantula. Get out of the terrarium and go take care of our garden. She never even climbs anymore. Yeah, she does. She's also old. Yeah, old. She's like, what, 20? Not 20 yet. She's old. Also, tell us more about spiders. They are, like, if you're scared of them because they have eight, like, have you ever seen a spider up close? Because they're, they're really pretty. They're cute. Little zebra spiders have, like, those cute eyes and jumping spiders. Yeah, and, 
like, if you're just scared of them and you never get close to actually look at one, then it's not going to help you. Well, yeah, they're not really, they're also not likely to hurt you, right? No, That's really not. the thing. Um, and then also, some of the venom actually has medical applications, and we're not done studying that. And so the more we preserve, the more we can study that. And we found that out for other animals, too. There's a lot of things in nature that nature actually makes that are, we are finding out as humans have medical applications, which is really a big deal. Not pangolin scales. They do not help. Don't eat them. No, they probably just give you diarrhea. Yeah, like eating your nails. <laughs> diarrhea. I do want to talk about ticks and Lyme disease. Now, that's a big thing. And usually we do conservation in the episode, but I don't really have conservation here. I just want to talk about awareness. So just so you're aware, uh, not all ticks transmit uh, the bacteria that causes Lyme disease. It is a bacteria. It does take about 36 hours or more for the bacteria to be transmitted. Uh, so, you know, if you see it, get it off quickly. Now, it's noted by a rash that is red. It does not have to be a target-like rash. It can just be a red rash. It can include, you know, things like fever, headache, fatigue, muscle and joint aches and sometimes even more. Now, it can be treated with antibiotics if it's done quickly, but left alone, it can spread to the heart and brain. There's a huge increase in cases, though, which is a big thing we're talking about now, which is mostly found in the eastern seaboard and Great Lakes region of the U.S. And that's what we're trying to talk about. The increase in cases is actually directly related to climate change, amongst other things. The hotter winters mean that ticks travel farther up north during the cold seasons, or what should be the cold seasons, and they're able to actually repopulate at higher rates. So because we have hotter winters now, ticks are moving farther up north and are actually reproducing more. And this is a problem. And these are one of those unforeseen consequences of climate change and why we need to take it seriously. Uh, the other thing is that deer populations, reforestation, and, you know, urban flight also have impacts on this problem. However, scientists agree the biggest cause is climate change. Uh, a couple years ago, we had an acorn boom, which was also a possible impact. Uh, those acorn booms come, you know, every three to five years. So that's just a normal thing that happens. But when there are years of acorn booms, you know, Lyme disease typically goes up because there are more mice out eating food. Now, you can treat your clothes and shoes with uh, permethrin to help prevent ticks. Um, obviously, you can use things like DEET as well, but this is what's recommended. Now, that said, light-colored clothing, hats, long-sleeve shirts uh, make it easier to spot ticks, and you can even tuck your pants into your socks and make a really cool fashion statement. Oh, that's, that's not that cool, Mom. But it protects you from ticks, so it is cool. Um, also, you should shower two hours after, like, hiking or being in the woods if you're in these regions and do a full body check. And those are important. Uh, put your clothes in the dryer. If you find a tick on the clothes, you know, that's when you want to double check your body as well. Uh, if you do have a tick, remove it right away with tweezers. Don't follow those urban myths. Just get rid of it. Tweezers are the way to do it. Uh, watch for symptoms. Uh, one thing I read years ago is that you can save the tick in the freezer for future testing. I actually got a tick. Uh, two years ago, uh, my my uh, my ex-girlfriend and I found it on my body. And uh, it was on one of my legs. And we put it... It's, I think it's, I think the tick is still in the freezer. But we read that you could save it in case you get sick later. They could test the tick for Lyme. What? Now, what happens if the tick is already inside of you? Well, it doesn't go in you. It just it burrows, it buries its head. And that's what this one did. So you pinch it until it, like, lets go and you pull it out. It's like a slow pinch. Thank God Sarah did it for me. <laughs> Uh, now we're going to talk about scorpions. Uh, what do you want to tell us about scorpions? Scorpions, various species are harmful, harmful to humans. Just let them be. They hide for a reason. Yeah. Now, there's one last thing I want to talk about. Space spiders! Space spiders! What is that? Well, astronauts took uh, orb weavers into space. At first, it just was swimming there for two days. <laughs> and then it tried. And then it made a terrible web. It wasn't good. It was just 
It was a web, though, and then a couple days later, it made a web like what they would make on Earth. So it did take it a couple days to get used to making a web in zero gravity, but it did do it. That's so cool that spiders can learn to make webs in zero Gs. Um, so if you want to say where can we learn more, obviously, you know, we found books at our local library, um, your local zoos and aquariums. Um, honestly, YouTube was a great resource here for this too. If you want to learn more. You know, just put yourself out there and look for the information. I think for this one is the big one. Um, there's not a whole lot of conservation we're talking about here. But, you know, talk to your friends when they go to kill a spider and just be like, hey, don't let's, do that. let's move this guy outside. Don't and that said, that. yeah, don't do it. Get off that. Leave that spider alone. It's probably not venomous to humans. Put that thing back where you found it. So help me. Mom, stop. Put that thing back where you found it. So help me. <laughs> You're giving me such a death stare. <laughs> all right. That said, we are done. Uh, we will see you all next time on Lila's Lessons. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>